0: Hello everyone, my name is Rick, Rick Van Bruggen from Neo4j, and here I am again recording another Graphistania Neo4j podcast, and today I have a, a wonderful uh, community member on the other side of this uh, Google Hangout, and that's uh, Michael McKenzie from uh, Washington, D.C. in the U.S. Hi, Michael.
1: Hi, Rick. Uh, thanks for having me on here.
0: Yeah, no, it's great to have you here, and uh, really looking forward to uh, having a chat because I, I understand that you're one of our... You know, uh, community members that is actually driving some of the meetups in the
1: Washington, D.C. Uh, area, right? Yes. Uh, I started that uh, a few months ago, kind of a revamp of, uh, of a previous meetup group. Um, I'm just kind of super into it and wanted to take the next step to kind of keep growing and expanding.
0: So tell us a little bit about that. You know, how did you get into uh, Neo4j and, uh, you know, what's, what's the story there?
1: Sure. Uh, well, my background is uh, I'm actually I work uh, currently as a civil structural engineer, and um, through my education and kind of work, I had come across a few different topics or you know areas that interested me, but I found kind of confusing and wanted to dive more into solutions of you know how to approach it, um, and they kind of became a bit of a personal passion projects that I did in my free time to kind of learn more. And um, in trying to find solutions for that, I discovered Neo4j and graphs, and they basically lined up perfectly, and I ended up diving headfirst into Neo4j and Cypher and everything that uh, comes with it. That was about two and a half years ago, um, and at that time, I was actually living in Minneapolis. Uh, I now live in Washington, D.C., and uh, when I relocated out here, I wanted to connect and become more involved with the graph community and um, through communicating with uh, fellow enthusiasts in the area i ended up uh, kind of taking on a co-organizer role in in a reboot of a new graph dbdc meetup here in the washington dc area
0: and so michael that that, the interest was spiked by you know something in your 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 natural domain like uh, civil engineering is that what i'm understanding you know you 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 were trying to solve a problem in that domain specifically or what was it exactly
1: yes i um one of the big things that engineers uh civil you know electrical mechanical it really extends into a large uh, a lot of the different areas of engineering um, but we often work with uh, building codes and With uh, building codes, there's lots of variations depending on location, whether it's an international code, a state code, a material code, Um, but all of these um, engineering codes and texts uh, are interrelated and they can be very confusing and complicated and I wanted to have a better way of understanding how they are tied together and essentially break that down into um, uh, that becomes an information graph of how a state code affects an international code, but is tied into material codes and then local ordinances, and it just kind of grows and grows into a massive web of information.
0: When, when you say code, you mean like a like a regulation, right? A, a building regulation is that is that is that it? Yes,
1: yes, uh, a building regulation. I know that's that's one common uh, difficult part to uh talk about when with you know when you get into like programming is there's programming code and then building codes but yes it would be uh building regulations
0: okay and is there is there like a you know i understand that there's like different geographical levels in there uh but is there also like a temporal aspect in that you know like uh, does it evolve over time as well is that is that also part of the the complexity
1: Correct. Yes. So you there's there's multiple different layers. Um, one of the easiest ways to kind of break it down is you. The highest level is uh, generally like an international building code, and that is the overarching governing um, regulations. But then uh, here in the here in the United States, uh, oftentimes states have um, modifications that more readily reflect the climate and the temperatures and other aspects that they have to. Modify and adjust, um, and then with within those, they all reference uh, material-specific regulations, such as the design for steel and concrete and masonry. Um, and every so often, every approximately three to four years, you get a new release of these regulations. And um, depending on how a state and the international code chooses to adopt them. They all get adopted at different times and then modified per you know, local regulation, state, city. Um, so with, with that, you're getting kind of a, a base guideline of regulations, but then you get sub modifications depending on location and time as to what's being uh, essentially required for the design and, and implementation of engineering concepts that sounds really
0: really interesting and, and and complicated as well if i'm honest uh, and, a, and, a, and a great application for uh, for uh, yeah like you said a web of information a graph of information right
1: yes yeah it's it it gets complicated very fast and i the long the you know the 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 most challenging aspect of it was i'd been thinking about it for years but never had a good way of representing how all of this is tied together, and I think that's where once I discovered Neo4j and graphs, it, it it was a light bulb that turned on and everything clicked.
0: Super nice. Did you ever write anything or or, or publish anything around this, or is this a still work in progress? It's still a work in progress.
1: Uh, I think only recently have I kind of made some um, some jumps in 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 developments of of how to present it. That's um, been kind of helping move the project forward but a lot of it's really just been on the side kind of using yeah. it as a tool to learn more about uh, neo4j cool well i mean I, I think that's a perfect
0: introduction to kind of ask you my my second question which is you know what makes it so appealing you know why did you get into this uh wonderful world of graphs you know what's what's and also why did you become a, an active community member i suppose uh well, what's what's the story there uh
1: yeah i th- I, I mean the 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 coolest part about Neo4j and Cipher was the syntax. Um, you know, I've I have experienced doing some programming through school and work. You you, you kind of dabble a little here and there, um, but there's there's a lot there's a lot out there, and um, it can be easy to get overwhelmed. But once I found the concept of graphs, the the thing that really brought me in and, and kind of captivated me was uh the cyphers uh, query language the idea of essentially breaking it down to parentheses and arrows really simplified the understanding and application and and how to implement the concepts that i had been thinking about for a long time the i guess the what's the ta- the common phrase is whiteboard friendliness yeah, yeah absolutely yeah That that right there is what really made it easier to jump into and want to try and sketch out ideas and kind of play with it. Um, And once you take that and you combine with there's a really great online documentation and then uh, connecting with other community members, I just kind of got sucked in and have been going full steam ahead ever since very cool and then
0: how is the community going you know is it uh, have you had a, a, a good take up uh, have, have people have you had a, little, a good group of people showing up and stuff like that
1: we we had so far and with the new with the new meetup we had one uh meetup a few months ago and it was it it was okay it was the first one you know a little rough learning learning patches we had some unfortunate weather the day of that i think reduced the number of people but we've got actually a new uh, meetup happening here shortly uh, in the next couple of days that uh, we're really excited for. We're teaming up with another meetup here in uh, the DC area to get a really good uh, uh, presentation. So we're I'm really excited about it. I think now that the first one's under the belt, you know, the next ones are going to come uh, faster and easier.
0: And what's the what's the motivation for you there? Is it just uh, learning more about uh, these other these other users, or, or do you do you you know you know what's 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 driving your engagement there?
1: Absolutely, I I have a natural curiosity, which is one of the <laughs> reasons why I love learning how other people are using it, um, connecting with people and and seeing how they are attacking the project, uh, the problems that they see, finding new solutions. Uh, you know, I think that has always been kind of my driving force: is learning new technologies because I like to see how other people are using it and to learn how what sort of problems exist in the world that I'm not aware of. Um, and that's, that's, that's really the driving force of trying to be an active community member is to also share the, the interest and the, the sheer coolness I would say that, uh, Neo4j has and provides. Super nice. Yeah, no, I I think it's a,
0: It's very really inspiring, right? When you see, you know, kind of like like-minded people who think in connected graphs and who think in, you know, parentheses and arrows, <laughs> <laughs> uh, then uh, it's, it's actually really cool to hear their stories and you, you always learn something from it, don't you? Uh,
1: Absolutely. I You know, there's, the more the more I've learned about it, I, the more I, I see and recognize that graphs are everywhere. I know that phrase gets tossed around a lot, but you can see that the information, especially in this day and age, everything is connected and you're looking for the complex relationships between um, bits of information to try and find a solution. And graphs just seem like the logical way to model it and, and analyze it. Very cool. So, what does the
0: future hold, Michael? You know, where where do you see yourself, and where do you see the technology going in the uh, in the next couple of months and years? You know, look into your crystal ball and tell us what you see.
1: <laughs> sure. Yeah. Well, on, you know, in on on, in relation to some of my personal passion projects, I think the the one thing I've been kind of focusing on and taking the next step with is uh, I've been utilizing the Grand Stack that uh, Will Lyon has kind of put together to take uh, those concepts like that the code project and the, a few other um, personal passion projects that I have to build out web-based applications. Kind of gives a good, it's a good uh, platform to learn full stack development and make some really cool, really cool tools. Uh, I'm also going to be attending Graph Connect here in 2018, which I'm really excited in New York City uh, to kind of meet a bunch of the fellow enthusiasts from around the world and, and see what other people are using with it. Um, you know, and then I think as for the growth of Neo4j, I, I expect it to, to continue to grow and expand. It's one of those technologies that, as I you know, meet and talk with people, that seems as though it's present in the world and in a lot of places, but people aren't yet fully aware of it. I think the mainstream exposure is going to continue to grow uh, especially with the, uh, I'm drawing a blank. Bloom, with, with the, the release of the Bloom um, addition to the browser, that really gives uh, people some opportunities who may not be uh, programmers or coders to dive in and, and explore and play with uh, the power of graphs. So, as, that's, as all of that technology becomes more exposed and mainstream, I think you're really going to start to see a growth and understanding of uh, graphs in the world let's hope
0: so i mean i think uh graph connect is going to be a fantastic place to uh to connect and, uh, i look forward to seeing you there uh but it's also yeah it's a it's a, it's a place where we can we can really show people how to uh, how to make these connections and to uh, to use graphs in a meaningful way right so mm-hmm. i'm looking forward to that as well, well and
1: and you know and along along with that as i've you know i've tried sharing it with fellow um you know people who are involved with their jobs are involved with large sets of data is trying to tell them and show them that it's not, it's not intimidating and it's not scary. And I think in whenever you get involved with anything related to programming, it can be overwhelming. But again, that takes us back to Cypher and the the whiteboard friendliness and the ease of understanding what you're creating, I think makes it much more approachable for those individuals who weren't who may not consider themselves coders, but you can pick it up pretty fast. And I think that's another strong advantage that Neo4j uh, presents. Super.
0: Well, Michael, thank you so much for sharing uh, on the podcast. We'll put some links to some of the stuff that we've discussed uh, in the transcription. But uh, yeah, for now, I I wanna thank you so much for taking the time and uh, I look forward to uh, having a beer with you in,
1: uh, in New York. Thank you so much for having me on. Yes. And I look, uh, I look forward to meeting you in New York uh, in a few weeks here. Absolutely. Thank you, Michael. Talk to you soon. All right. Thank you.